0: You're listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins Training Camp on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the ESPN 950 app, available for your Android and iPhone.
1: This is the Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue Midday Show with Matt and Andrews buzz and neds wheel barbecue just a few blocks from training camp stop by for award-winning hickory smoked barbecue ribs chicken and signature pulled pork sandwiches voted best barbecue in the city of richmond the state of virginia and soon to be the south 1119 north boulevard 8205 west broad street or online at buzz good
2: morning everybody here on the show, um, the Midday Show, brought to you by Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Um, we can actually consider ourselves the pregame show today, Andrew. That's right, getting you geared up for fan appreciation. We've already had a little bit of a preview of what's going to go down here as some of the cheerleaders were practicing on the field. The uh, I don't know if the gates are open yet, but there's some fans that have come in. According to the sheet on the website, the gates uh, open at 1230 and kind of all the festivities begin, begin then, but... Um, uh practice this afternoon will be 1.30 to 3.30, and then the real fun begins when all the players do the autographs and do all that stuff. And so uh, if you're looking to come out today, be prepared for a big crowd. It's going to be the biggest crowd of, um, of training camp. And, uh, you know, Andrew and I got down here early. There were some parking spots available, but uh, just be prepared to and be patient to wait in the line and to deal with crowds and that you may or may not necessarily get the autograph you want but just be patient and, and just realize the situation. Yeah, if you're driving around now, I would definitely suggest
3: that you pop into somewhere, grab some food, maybe Buzz and Ned's, and just kind of hang out for a little bit until, you know, 1 o'clock-ish because that's really when things are going to start to get going.
2: And here's the thing, and I, and I don't I don't want to discourage people from coming out here, but I'll also say a lot of the things they do today, they do on other days. They sign plenty of autographs on other days whether it's the morning walkthrough or the afternoon practice. um, They do the helmet walk on those days anyway. So don't feel obligated to come out here because it's got the special dressed-up name of Fan Appreciation Day. Um, The cheerleaders are here. I presume maybe the band will be here. There'll be Uh, some big speech by Larry Michael. Right, Larry Michael will speak, and they they may throw some things into the crowd, but don't feel obligated to come if you can't come today.
3: I agree, but like I said, if you're out and about, it is a good opportunity for you right now to just kind of feel out Richmond, feel out the area around training camp, get a parking spot already locked up, just enjoy yourself and pass a little bit of the time on this fine Saturday. I mean, it's nice weather. It's it's pretty breezy out here today. Right. And the cloud cover is nice. So kill a little time, and then just pop on in here at 1245, 1 o'clock, and you won't really miss anything.
2: Exactly, and there'll be plenty of room. There's plenty of spaces here. They usually let the, the fans go around the corner um, on Fan Appreciation Day, and, and it's it, it you'll get to see some good stuff here at practice. Plenty of good stuff coming up today on our show. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes, we will continue our opponent previews today, and we will go in order... Uh, Week 10, the Minnesota Vikings come to D.C. Sunday, November 12th. Tentatively scheduled as a 1 o'clock start time for that one. Um, all three of us have the Redskins in either 500 or a losing record, so a rather important game. Mike Wabshaw, who basically joins us every year, I mean, the and ironically, the last couple of years, I think um, the Minnesota Vikings have actually been our Fan Appreciation Day guest because I remember talking to him at uh, at McDonald's. Uh, Mike Wabshaw, of the Vikings Entertainment Network, will join us, so he'll give us an update there. Plenty of local guys. I mean, we ask him every year, Andrew, about Antonio Exum and Anthony Harris. Once again, they're both back again. That's
3: right, and they're both. Going to try and thrive in that secondary and perform well and spend quite a turnover for that Vikings team. Coming into this past season, that was a totally different Vikings roster. And now, you know, you're not really sure what's going to go on with the quarterback position. I would hope for the Vikings' sake that, and you know this as well as I, that at some point Teddy Bridgewater can take over things, but...
2: I don't remember if we talked to him last year before or after the injury. I think it was before, it the, was injury. before the injury. So uh, different tenure there. No, and no Adrian Peterson, so we'll ask him about that. But Dalvin Cook's getting rave reviews, so we'll talk Vikings coming up at 11.15. We'll do some national headlines that we'll get to momentarily uh, involving some local players. Uh, Andrew and I will give our top five most indispensable Redskins, and I'll tell you this now, uh, we agree on three of them. Uh, I think we agree on three of them, and we agree on the order for three of them. Um, But there are two that I have, well, two that we each have that we will give you that we think are important. We'll do that. Andrew had a chance to catch up with UVA running back Smoke Mizell out at Baltimore camp, so we're looking forward to hearing from him. And we'll do today's position battles, which is stock up, stock down. Whose headlines are positive? Whose lack of headlines are negative here at Redskins training camp?
3: It'll always be fun to evaluate what's going on. With what we've seen in practice and also just kind of how the vibe from the coaching staff has been, obviously we've been listening to a lot of these pressers, so whatever is both said and left unsaid by the coaching staff has been factored in in that segment, which will come up soon in the show.
2: Uh, Let's do a couple of headlines from across the nation. Uh, The biggest headline, I would say, involving people here, uh, VCU's Molly Cox waved injured by the Indianapolis Colts. He was in a boot. Didn't really practice very much. Got hurt, unfortunately, early. If he clears waivers, he will go on the Colts' injured reserve and still technically be a part of the roster, which would be a good thing. That means they have hope for him for the future.
3: Well, it's ironic because another local product probably took his spot on really the only roster I can – I mean, sure, there's probably a few teams that are going to give him a look, but it's ironic that Jake McGee signed by the Steelers last week when that was a team looking for a little tight end depth, so they might have picked him up off waivers. As Matt said – The guy only practiced twice. He only was out for two sessions from what I read, so he really didn't have a chance to help himself, and when you're in a position like Mo Alley-Cox, when you haven't played football, when you're learning a completely new game, you have to have a perfect training camp to even have a shot at making the roster. Right. Even then, it's really toss, depending on what's going on around you, so... Obviously, we wish the best here for Mo at ESPN 950, but I'm not going to give you the optimistic spin on this one. I really think that he's going to clear waivers and go to IR. Well,
2: and that's fine. He's still on an NFL roster. I don't know. I assume you get paid if you're on injured reserve. Maybe not as much. I don't know what the contract situation is, but he's still technically on an NFL roster, and he'll use this year as a watching year, and he'll, you know, when he's healthy – I'm sure he'll get reps off to the side. So it's not like he's not going to be working. He's just not going to be on the field.
3: And the bright side is he's a really smart student. Right. He's really intelligent. So that watching will help him more than most guys in the NFL. But also, I just can't get over the fact that you haven't played the game. He's already, you know, he played at VCU for, I think, five years, right? He was there four.
2: for well, he would te- four, technically. Right.
3: So he was, he's kind of getting up there in age. It's not as if he's, you know, younger, but he's not old or anything, but still, I think this would have been a valuable experience for him, and he doesn't get to maximize this opportunity.
2: Um, Other news, uh, the Nats got a win yesterday over the Cubs. Um, they went four to two. Tanner Roark looked good, and then they got to unveil, unleash that three headed monster in the bullpen. So for one day, Andrew, that thing worked out pretty well. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on that one, Matt. I'm, I'm, feel a little down about that whole situation. But they didn't coast. We're trying to fight the coasting here. They're back in action today. Uh, We will join it in progress after um, hardly working, which is going to go 1 to 3.30-ish, 1 until the end of practice. Edwin Jackson against John Lackey. No Gio Gonzalez tomorrow. He's on paternity leave, and Eric Fetty will be called up and placed to, to make the start. I
3: will say this. You were a little down on Tanner Roark. What do you think about him? He's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence recently. Now he's three and one, and his ERA, I believe, is like a two seven or something no, like I, that in the last I four starts. I
2: I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna say he's back yet. He's the one guy not
3: coasting right now for the Nationals pitching staff. I mean, at least that wasn't playing really well before.
2: Al Galdi posted the question on uh, Twitter: do, Which do I think is or which do you think is the more likely to happen? Uh, Tanner Roark comes back to form and play, pitches better, or Gio Gonzalez? Fails miserably, and I, I, I still think that Geo is pitching over his head. But we'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, NASCAR's in Watkins Glen. Qualifying is at 12.05 tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so it's the road course. What is it? There's five races before Richmond? Five races left in the seat uh, before so. Richmond? Four or five?
3: I think there's one break, right? There's a bye that's coming up, too. So, the uh,
2: you know, we're starting to get down to important time for all of the drivers as they head to Watkins Glen, the road course this weekend. Uh, kickers are on the road tonight. Uh, They're at Pittsburgh at 7 o'clock. You can see that game on WTBR CBS 6.3. They are back home next Saturday at 7 o'clock against Orlando City B. And then there's other stuff that's going on in other training camps that we will get you updated uh, a little bit later on the show. Let's take a timeout. Coming up after the break, we will bring on Mike Wabshaw of the Minnesota Vikings Entertainment Network. He will continue our opponent previews after this. You're listening to ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. Need car work? Go to BonAirShell.com to learn about all the things that Bonair
0: Shell can do for your car and your peace of mind. They have a full line of automotive services including gas, oil changes, transmission work, belts and hoses, major brand tires, wheel balancing, and complete engine renewal. And if one of those pesky dash lights comes on, we can check that out too. In business for 20 years, go see Scott or Keith at Bon Air Shell, 8762 West Huguenot Road, go to
2: BonAirshell.com or call them at 272-3232. That's 272-3232.
1: Thank you.
5: Buzz from Buzz and Ned's here, reminding you that you haven't tried real barbecue until you've tried Buzz and Ed's real barbecue. The
6: Big Apple hosts Sunday night baseball as the Mets face the Dodgers. Pre-game coverage starts at 7. First pitch at 8 on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
1: Live from Washington Redskins Training Camp, this is the Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue Midday Show with Matt and Andrew
0: on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
2: Welcome back. We are here at Training Camp. It's the quote-unquote pregame show today because practice for Fan Appreciation Day is at 1.30 this afternoon and uh, fans are slowly starting to stream in, so you got plenty of time and room If you want to head on over let's continue our opponent previews week 10 Sunday November 12th at 1 o'clock the Minnesota Vikings come to Washington DC that gives us a chance to catch up with our old friend who has been on our show feels like since we've started because it feels like the Redskins and the Vikings are always playing Mike Wapshaw of the Viking Entertainment Network Mike how's it going. If
7: we're not careful, I'm going to start thinking you guys are in our division. This is becoming a regular thing.
2: Exactly. Um, I feel like we always start the, our, our past interviews talking about Adrian Peterson. Well, it's year one without big old AP, but it seems like the running yeah. back still is strength. What's the kind of mood at camp that AP's not there. Well, you know,
7: you still see some 28 jerseys here and there at training camp, and we're still uh, we're still here down in Mankato at camp. You still see a few 28 jerseys. And, um, you know, I think the thing was kind of his departure is he missed so many games in 2014. He missed 15 games, had a great season in, in 2016, but then last season he missed 13 more. So I think there was kind of a, a slow, progressive process that kind of led to him leaving. And I don't think it's left the fan base, you know, um flailing in the wind and then you draft Alvin cook and all the excitement around him. So I think the transition has been pretty smooth and you're starting to see more and more 33 jerseys. That's the number Dalvin is wearing. And, um, you know, I won't be surprised if he has a big impact for us and, and sort of all the love that went toward, uh, 28 starts getting deflected a little bit more to, to 33, but of course that's going to come to a head in week one because we, we played Adrian and the saints on Monday night football. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a change. I mean, it, it's the first training camp since 2007 he hasn't been here.
2: Uh, how do you envision this running back uh, rotation going? I know that Latavius Murray is hurt right now, but how much do you think he'll get in there once he's healthy?
7: I think, um, I think a fair amount. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, they, they did draft Alvin Cook, and they've, they've kept Derek McKinnon, but I think Latavius Murray is definitely in the plans. You know, one thing that where the Vikings really struggled last season was short yardage, goal line um, offense, particularly running the ball. Um, you know, you can go back and watch our game at Philadelphia, even our game against uh, against you guys. You know, we struggled running the ball in, in short areas. Latavius is good at that. He's a he's a he's fast and he's got speed. He's a linear, tall runner, but he's also good in traffic and good in short yardage. Eleven of his 12 touchdowns last year were from inside the ten, So I think he's going to help us in that area uh, quite a bit. And he's definitely in the plans, even though he hasn't been practicing yet.
3: Take us through what's going to go on over the course of the year at the quarterback position. Obviously, Sam Bradford did a decent job last year, especially when the offensive line was performing well. But when pressure came, it was kind of a, a struggle for him. You have Bridgewater on the pup. He's doubtful that he's going to even play this coming season. We saw him on Twitter the other day liking some things about getting a trade to the Dolphins. What's going on with that?
7: Well, I mean, Sam's the guy, you know, um, and as long as he's um, healthy and playing well, he's going to continue to be the guy, and I think that's that's good for us. You know, he had a great season last year, um, setting an NFL record for completion percentage uh, and not, just not turning the ball over. I mean, he had 20 touchdowns, and I think it was five interceptions. So he's really careful with the ball he's accurate um and all of that happened coming to us eight days before the season started which is remarkable that he was able to do that so I'm really excited about what he can do with a full off season uh working with this offense and working with Pat Shermer. um you know and he knows Pat Shermer. he was rookie of the year with uh Shurmur as his play caller and um he he had a good season with the Eagles uh, as you guys saw in 2015 with Shermer. so I'm really excited about what Sam can do in this offense. Now, when it comes to Teddy, you know, that is a story that is also happening. I mean, he's, he's recovering and rehabbing from his injury. And, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a decision that has to be made right now with regard to that. I think the team is not going to make one until it has to.
3: You look at the weapons that are around Sam Bradford, he really connected with Stephon Diggs, who just proved to be an immense talent and a speedster. And you have Laquan Treadwell still there also as well, and Kyle Rudolph is this the right arsenal for Sam Bradford
7: I think so I mean I really like our pass catchers and, and you mentioned the name that you have to throw in there when you talk about him is Kyle Rudolph I mean this is you know Bradford and Rudolph had a great connection last season and I expect that to continue um I like Diggs and Thielen as our our starting combo um and We've added Michael Floyd um, as a free agent signing, and I think he's been the most impressive offensive player here at training camp. Um, I've really been impressed with Michael Floyd. His physical presence, his size, he's sure-handed. He's really a physical blocker, and, um, and he's hard to cover. It's, it's interesting. You know, he, I don't think he's the fastest guy or, or the twitchiest guy, but he's always open. And so I really think he's crafty. I think he has a niche for getting open, and once he gets off that four-game suspension, I'm really excited about what he brings to our offense.
2: Mike Wapshaw of the Vikings Entertainment Network. Follow him on Twitter at Wabi, W-O-B-B-Y. You have not mentioned one of the other weapons that we are particularly excited about. Bucky Hodges out of Virginia Tech. How do you think the Vikings may use him? As a tight end, or has he been lining up outside out of practice?
7: They've been using him as a tight end, and I don't think he had much experience with a hand in the grass. Um, you know, lining up in a three-point stance, and they're trying to get him uh, used to that and get him better at that. And you have to be, look. Look, this is a team that, as we've talked about, they signed Latavius Murray, they drafted Delvin Cook, they kept Jarek McKinnon, they signed Riley Reese and Mike Remmers, they drafted Pat Alfine. This is a team that wants to be physical and wants to run the ball. The tight ends are a part of the running game, so Bucky's going to have to uh, become a solid blocker if he wants to be playing on Sundays. And I think he can do it. Um, the pass catching and route running, um, and athletic part of it for him is a cinch in my opinion. I mean, he's impressive as a pass catcher. Um, the trick for him is going to be becoming a well-rounded player and he's got a great mentor for that not only in Kyle Rudolph, but in David Morgan, a tight end we drafted last year, um, who's now going to kind of fulfill a role that Brett Ellison used to uh, fill for us on special teams and as kind of a gritty, gutty blocker. Um, So Hodges uh, has a lot of potential and has two great mentors from which he can learn. So I'm really optimistic about him. I don't know that his impact is going to be instant. Um, I think he's got some development, but I see – um, a lot of potential in him, and I'm really glad he's on our team because I think he can be a weapon in the passing game at some point.
2: Uh, we Also, the past couple of years, we've been talking to you about our special uh, little local battle at safety between Anton Axum and Anthony Harris. Uh, it seems like... Yeah. How's the development going for both of them? Does either have an edge?
8: Um...
7: They've been playing at nickel a little bit in addition to safety. So that's an interesting twist on things. And they don't do that to guys unless they, they see potential and and maybe have some trust in them because the nickel spot's a really tough one to learn. So um, so that's been really interesting. Anthony Harris has been uh, primarily at safety. But both of those guys are chasing Andrew Sandejo for the starting job. You know, he's been in this defense now for four seasons with Zimmer. He is entrenched as that starter and it's going to take a monumental effort to unseat him as a starter because Zimmer really values the continuity and the knowledge of the defense that Sendejo has. I'm not ruling Harris or Exum out. I'm just saying it's a tall task to unseat Sendejo as the starter. With that being said, there could be room for both Exum and Harris on the roster, and you have to give an extra um, sliver of attention to Exum because he could be a backup nickel in addition to a safety and a special teamer. So that's a really fun battle to watch. That's definitely one to watch during our preseason games. Not that you guys or any of your listeners are going to watch our preseason games, but for someone like me, Exum's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. With
0: the
3: regression a little bit at least for the win total last year we kind of talked about the injury to the quarterback position and how Bradford really as you said came in there eight days before the season and kind of got thrown into the fire but what's what's something that the Vikings can do in 2017 to help them get back more into the win column like they did in 2015
7: really good question and I I have a a very specific answer I I think it's um I think it's win close games because here's why the Vikings were 4-2 and two in games decided by one possession in 2015. They won the division. They won 11 games. Last year, they were 2-4. And, and They went 8-8. Eight and eight. You give this team two more wins in those close games, they, they would have made the playoffs and had a chance to win the division in the final week of the season. And that's with all those injuries to the offensive line. That tells you how close this team is half of the division games that Mike Zimmer has played in as Vikings head coach have been one score games and um and so to me when the backbone of your team is the defense and your offense prides itself on not turning it over you know you're going to be in tight games and i think the vikings are going to be in a lot of close games this season if they can if they can execute in situational football and execute in the final 5 minutes of the fourth quarter better than they did last year this team is going to be in the hunt until the end of the season when they play Green Bay and Chicago to close things out. So um, Zimmer has been focusing on that here at training camp. Every single practice, he's had two situational periods where they practice late-game situations that Zim has researched and found um, that have happened over the last few seasons, and they practice them, and they, and they try and get better outcomes than they had in, in the real games. So it's really been a focus of this team, here at training camp and i think it's going to generate improvement and i think that's going to be the difference for this team coming down the stretch
3: one of the craziest stories i just ever heard in the nfl or all of sports in general was in regards to coach zimmer's eye and i listened to him as he had a sit down with hannah storm a few weeks ago and it was just fascinating to hear him detail what went on with him and how it's still affecting him today how is his health
7: uh, it looks good to me i mean uh, you know he, he it's not really been a story here at training camp, which is a good thing because we're tired of it being a story last season. it was one of the 6,000 really weird things that happened to us last year. Um, Nor, you know, leaving in the middle of the season, coach's eye, all the injuries, Teddy getting hurt, Sam Bradford coming in. I mean, you know, we're, we're tired of the, all those, um, you know, unique storylines that are adversity. And, and I think this one may be going away, knock on wood. Um, there hasn't been a story down here, and, and I think he's in good shape.
2: Mike Wabshaw of the Vikings Entertainment Network. Uh, check him out on Twitter, at wobby W-O-B-B-Y. Mike, uh, thank you for joining us. We will check in again with you during the regular season.
7: It's my pleasure. Thanks for including me, guys. Talk to you soon.
2: All right, uh, Mike Wabshaw, of the Vikings Entertainment Network. I can't really ask him, Andrew, yeah, about the win total. Let's just assume he's going to say the over because obviously the these over, guys – so we, we're just going to try and continue to our stretch of everyone saying over for their uh, respective teams. Uh, I think the Vikings are very interesting. Um, you know, they've got weapons. Bradshaw, or uh, not Bradshaw, Bradford obviously will have longer to get used to the offense and everything. The pieces are there, but that division's very tough.
3: I think the one thing, and this is how I phrased the question, and I'm not sure if Mike appreciated it, but we appreciate his time, of course. The way I phrased it was talking about how Bradford did well while his offensive line was protecting him. And if you remember correctly, there was a point in the season last year for the Vikings— where it just seemed like teams were able to get to Bradford a little bit and pressure him and bother him, and we know time and time again it's been proven with this guy that that really kills his game. He's almost unable to operate whenever he feels any sort of pressure because he's been so injury prone. So I think it's in his head. So my question for this team is, can they keep him upright and not thinking about the hits for the entirety of a season? And in, in a short answer, mine's no.
2: Uh, they've certainly done a lot to try and prevent that with the running game upgrades, the offensive line upgrades, the tight end upgrades. Um, I, I think that this team will be better than they were last year, but I'm not sure how much. Um, let's go to their game against the Redskins. As we said, they will be in Washington, D.C., week 10, Sunday, November 12th. Um, Andrew has the Redskins at 4-4 four and four right now. Andrew, do you have them winning Week Ten against the Vikings? I do
3: have them winning Week Ten because, like I said, it's right around. I set that upgrade. It's right around the time when you see the Vikings pass pro collapse like they did last season. So I'm gonna give the Redskins one.
2: Uh, Henny, you have the Redskins at three and five right now. What do you? What's your prognosis for this game?
9: I'm gonna go with Washington for the win. As a Philly guy, I'm not really sold on Bradford. I'm not really feeling him at all. So I'm just going to really just say, you know, Washington by default.
2: I will uh, also go with the Minnesota Vikings uh, to lose this game. I think the Redskins are the better team of the two of them. I think desperation for me at least sets in because the Redskins will have lost three straight. Um, I think that this is a team that, uh, you know, the headlines will start to swirl a little bit. Um, But I think the Redskins are the better team, and I think at home they will rally around to win that game. Next up is Week 11 at New Orleans. Sunday, November 19th at 1 o'clock. Knock on wood, we're going to have a Saints guy on tomorrow on the show. If not, we'll maneuver some things around. I've got Giants and Cowboys coming up, and we'll, we'll have somebody to opponent preview tomorrow on the show.
3: These last seven games are interesting for me because I got them at 5-4. and four. They've just been hovering around 500 throughout the whole season. So can the Redskins make a run on paper in these opponent previews?
2: And most likely, they're still within a game, game and a half of the top of the division. Yeah. So all is not lost. But now the headlines, of course, start go. oh, maybe Kirk's not worth the money. Oh, maybe, uh, you know, the defense is not very good, blah, blah, blah. So at 4-5 and five and 5-4. Five and four, It's a
3: critical juncture.
2: It is a critical juncture for the Redskins. Let's take a timeout. We are here at a training camp, the pregame show. Practice does not start until one thirty. People are being let in, but don't feel the need to rush. There's still plenty of time and room for you to join us here on Fan Appreciation Day out at Redskins. Training camp coming up. We'll talk a little bit about the rest of the football league. Also, we'll hear from Tyrod Taylor, who was asked, I guess, yesterday – about his relationship with Logan Thomas. We will play that for you. Still to come, Smoke Mizell from the Baltimore Ravens. Andrew had a chance to catch up with him yesterday. We'll play you that interview. And we'll do stock up, stock down, and the five most important Redskins that they can least afford to lose. All that coming up over the next 90 minutes. You're listening to ESPN 950, 2.7 FM.
1: You are listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins Training Camp
0: on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
1: Now, a sports reflection from Town Bank. The next time you run a marathon, wear red. Studies prove red makes you feel more confident, signals dominance, giving you a greater chance of winning. Town Bank. This is your town. This is your bank. Equal housing lender member FDIC. Now, a sports reflection from Town Bank. Brett Favre and Peyton Manning are the only pro quarterbacks to achieve victories against all 32 of the league's teams. Town Bank. This is your town. This is your bank. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC.
4: ...can prevent Asian tiger mosquitoes from spreading the Zika virus. These mosquitoes breed only in containers of water, not puddles or swamps. To help, just tip, toss, and cover. Tip standing water from containers like garbage cans and flower pots. Toss unused containers like old tires and pans, anything that can hold water. Empty and scrub pet water bowls and bird baths. If you're outside, cover up with long sleeves, long pants, socks, and use an EPA-registered repellent. Tip, toss, and cover. Learn more at ZikaVA.org.
1: ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM are your exclusive source for Washington Redskins training camp.
8: Titan Niles Paul is joining us. I'm not really too concerned with personal goals, especially when uh, everything I do is for the team. Doc Walker. Minuski, he's a lunatic. I love <laughs> it,
1: man. Will Blackman. I thought we had a productive OTAs mini minicamp. I feel like guys were excited to get back and, and just build off what we did. We're the soundtrack for Redskins training camp. ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
5: When training camp comes back to the Commonwealth each summer, you may never know which player you may run into at City Dogs restaurants. Even quarterback Kirk Cousins told the Times-Dispatch his favorite thing to do in Richmond is going down to City Dogs for hot dogs, burgers, fries, and a shake. Two locations at 1316 West Main Street in the Fan, 1309 East Kerry Street in Historic Chaco Slip, and online at CityDogsRVA.com. Don't leave town without going to City Dogs.
1: They are the greatest. The Undefeated presents the greatest African-American athletes. Hosted by Clinton Yates, Mina Kimes, and Dominique Foxworth. Tomorrow at 11 Eastern on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Live from Washington Redskins training camp, this is the Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue Midday Show with Matt and Andrew.
0: On ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
2: Welcome back, midday show presented by Buzz and Ned's. As Andrew has been saying, go to Buzz and Ned's before heading over here. Still, plenty of time and room uh, if you want to head in. Just remember, there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be a crowd. This will be the most crowded day of the year. Don't feel obligated to come today thinking that they're not going to do some things on other days. They will definitely do things to keep everybody involved uh today uh 6220950 is a phone number 6389508 is a text line tweet us at midmajormat at aol espn if you want to get involved in the show uh let's go around the league a little bit here uh of course now eyes are on Miami who according to Ian Rappaport has said they've had discussions with Jay Cutler about a potential deal I think it's Jake Cutler's basically saying, I want starters money, and I want starters guarantee, and I don't know if the Dolphins are ready to guarantee each of those two things yet.
3: I think it would be a huge mistake. I really don't like anything Jay Cutler's done over the last three years in general, other than get out of the league. So I am not at all buying into the Cutler to Miami situation. I think that would be a bad move for the Dolphins.
2: Yeah, and I don't... I... Here's the thing: the only thing that Jay Cutler has is obviously they are more. He's more familiar with Adam Gase's offense from their time in uh, Chicago together.
3: Yeah, and that makes sense. And I think it sounds good, but still, at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy like Jay Cutler whose career probably peaked in like 2012 and really has dwindled rapidly. I mean, it, I read an article the other day talking about why people are surprised that. Jay Cutler's name gets thrown around in a situation like this. And it's basically because you have quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick and similar guys like Mike Glennon in the league. So there's really some bottom-tier quarterback talent. That enables you to believe that a guy like Jay Cutler could be a starter in the NFL, but just just start somebody young, let them develop. I mean, if if you have to run the ball a lot and get it to Ajayi, that's fine. Do what you got to do.
2: Well, that's the thing. And Matt Moore wasn't terrible when he no, was he there. Wasn't. I liked him. And I think the Dolphins' offense, if Jay Ajayi gets healthy from his concussion, I think the Dolphins' offense can be very simple of you know a bunch of handoffs, short passes to Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills. And I think Matt Moore can do that.
3: Matt Moore was great last year in that whenever opponents started stacking up against Ajayi, that's when they really threw the ball. And certainly you can chalk that up to the coordinator as well as Adam Gase. But I think as long as you're not mired in Ajayi, getting the ball 30 times a game, and as long as you balance and spread it out and time it, then you'll be fine with Moore as your quarterback.
2: Now, the one thing that was brought up when I was listening, I was listening to Levitt on Friday regarding Colin Kaepernick because obviously he is in the mix for this job. He wore a Castro shirt, which is obviously a big no-no for people down in Miami who don't like Castro. Uh, I don't know how much that's a factor in this whole thing, but while Steven Ross is progressive as an owner and doesn't mind the whole kneeling and, and is for all that stuff, I don't know how the Castro aspect would be uh, welcomed down in Miami. It's
3: like he picked the one shirt that's the worst possible well, thing. And he did. Wear.
2: He said he didn't think it was a Castro shirt. He thought it was something else, and but that's just like the one thing that like
3: – You know, actually, I'm, I am would buy that because I'm starting to believe a lot of this Kaepernick stuff is just him not, – not being dumb. I'm not saying that, but just him – being a little more naive than you think
2: yeah i i I just think uh, you know that's an aspect i don't think that many people are talking about and we're still in the whole baltimore thing i saw over the week or not over the weekend this is the weekend Uh, i saw a story that in the baltimore sun there was a group of people that took out a whole ad in the baltimore sun saying please sign colin kaepernick and that story's not going to die yet
3: i just saw a funny tweet That was a complete joke, of course, but it said, I hear Brett Favre is buying realty in the Miami
2: area. Well, there you go. Brett Favre is another guy in the mix. Uh, Staying in the quarterback news, the Denver Channel's Troy Rank is reporting that Trevor Simeon has taken a slight lead on Paxton Lynch. That's a battle of, oh, boy,
3: disappointing guys. I mean, I had a lot of expectations for Paxton Lynch, and being a Justin Fuente guy, I thought that while he was a product of a great system that translated, obviously, immediately to Virginia Tech last year, I thought Paxton Lynch was such a big, strong arm type of player. It just seems like he hasn't developed, and Trevor Simeon really hasn't done much in terms of that aspect of the game as well. So the Broncos just need to get another quarterback.
2: Well, yeah, easier said than done, though, because whoever gets the keys to that car still has a decent running game, still has Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, a decent tight end group, a good offensive line, so whoever wants to can take over that thing, but... Um, Yeah, not exactly a great uh, quarterback race there. Uh, I saw a story yesterday about how Tyrod Taylor was a bit underwhelming so far in training camp, and that doesn't help him considering how little the team already thinks of him.
3: I think that's just a perpetuation, as you indicated, that the media is globbing on to up there because there were a lot of conversations last year whether or not Tyrod was even worth the money that he got. I think he is. I think he'll do fine during the regular season. He's the type of quarterback that it's really kind of unfair to bash him too much during a non-contact training camp. So I'll wait on my judgment for Tyrod.
2: Speaking of Tyrod Taylor, as we do a clever radio tease, not tease, is a clever radio transition, uh, Buffalo Bill's uh, Twitter account had a uh, about a two-minute soundbite from Tyrod Taylor. I guess somebody must have asked him about the logical thing. Logan Thomas is on the team. Tyrod Taylor's on the team. They were both former Hokies. Uh, This is what uh, he had to say about uh, his relationship with Logan Thomas.
8: Uh, It's it's always a good time. Me and Logan's always had a a very good um, relationship uh, friendship uh, since day one. Uh, Spent a lot of time with each other in the quarterback room at Tech, but also kept in touch with each other. It's like a family. Um, The Hokies always keep in touch once you uh, go your separate ways, uh, but when I got the call from him last year, when he was trying to make the decision uh, whether to transition into the next position, or, or at the time he, he didn't know he had two teams in mind. Now, I don't disclose those teams, but I tried to give him insight on it, and then uh, end up calling him the next day, like, "Man, well, we could, I think we could use you here," and uh, he was able to make that happen. So uh, I'm a happy for him. He's he's looked good this camp. Uh, just got to continue to keep working he's going to continue to keep doing that He towers over people
6: is it just
3: one of those dudes that just yeah he's always
8: had uh of course the size advantage he was a big quarterback i mean he was only a couple pounds lighter than um i used to always joke with him i think he wears like a size 17 shoe and he would trip every time he ran outside the pocket and i told him his shoes too big but uh he's a he's a big guy for sure i'm in a big target going down the middle of the field we made a strong catch yesterday Uh, three people hit him at the same time and it was almost like one person hit him. So he's a talented guy. Tyron, can you notice
7: in him the capacity to do some certain things that just relate because of his quarterback background?
8: Absolutely. Uh, he sees certain routes uh, from a quarterback perspective. Uh, so it's easy for him to find the soft spot because he's thinking like a quarterback while he's out there running the route, especially in the red zone, uh, just body position, second throws that quarterbacks talk amongst themselves. Uh certain areas of the defense that, that need to be exploited. Um, he's done a good job of finding those areas. Um, like I said, uh, he's a talented guy, but I think the fact that he thinks like a quarterback out there on the field at the, the tight end position definitely helps.
3: More guys didn't bring him down by a shoe in college, size 17.
2: That's crazy.
8: Woo. That's crazy. Thanks
2: to uh, Buffalo Bill's Twitter account for posting that. Um I mean, he could be a Terrell Pryor type. I mean, he's got the size. He's got the athleticism. If he has the mental want to be a tight end, then that could work out to his advantage.
3: Look, one of the most popular sports media takes in Richmond was why and who gave Gerard Evans the advice to go pro. Whoever gave, and it kind of sounds like Tyrod had handed this, whoever gave Logan Thomas the advice to convert to tight ends is a freaking genius because we've been saying that all along. Like He's much better off at that position in the NFL at least.
2: Well, I think, I think it was a mental thing. Like He was still committed. He still thought of himself as a quarterback. And if you're not mentally in it for on a, qu- a position change, then you're not going to yeah. put your full thing in it.
3: And I get that, and it's tough to let go of that position because you are the guy, and it is such a strong mental position where you're in that role. You're embedded in being a quarterback in your mind. It, to me, it's one of the positions in sports that you really have to – think of yourself that way in order to really thrive and be the guy. But at the same time, I think he should have read the tea leaves, so to speak, and figured it out a little quicker. But hopefully now he can get it. And he's in a good position where he's got somebody who's looking out for him in the form of Tyrod. And he can, like Matt said, be a strong body like Terrell Pryor and make an
2: impact. It's a doable thing, too. Charles Clay, who's always injured. Uh, Nick O'Leary, the kid from Florida State. Uh, Wes Saxton, who I believe is from Missouri. Uh, Logan Thomas listed as fourth, and then Keith Tobridge and Jason Croom also in tight end. I don't know who either of those two guys are, but that's a group that Logan could be the second tight end or the third tight end if he shows right.
3: Like Charles Clay, I think Nick O'Leary has promise, but he's not going to be as spectacular as Logan Thomas could be, especially snagging the ball and getting some yards after the catch, which I think Logan can really do.
2: Uh, 622-0950 is the phone number. 638 is the text line. Tweet us at midmajormat at AWOL ESPN. Uh, one more for you from the Detroit Free Press. Lions giving goal line reps to Zach Zenner over Amir Abdullah. The story yesterday was Amir Abdullah is going to be the future back. There's Dio Riddick there. Zach Zenner becoming the goal line vulture. Oh boy, I wonder what the deal is with uh, drafting Amir Abdullah this year.
3: Amir Abdullah I really like. I think he's going to have a good year this year. And Zender I also am a big fan of. On paper, he kind of doesn't really look like he'd be that spectacular. But the guy really cuts well. He puts his foot in the ground and gets it up. But there's no denying to me that Abdullah, a little shiftier, a little better with his vision, able to be a big play threat, a genuine all three downs running back for the Lions.
2: Uh, Julio Jones says he's easing himself back into uh, training camp after offseason foot surgery. I mean, he's a top three guy. The question is, do you get snake bit? And he, you know, has continues to have the foot injuries, the toe injuries. And, uh, I mean, he's great. Love Julio Jones. I'm always scared of drafting him, though, for getting hurt.
3: You know what? I'm not going to disagree with you, despite all my bias. I really like him. think he's possibly one of the best receivers ever in the NFL when healthy. But he just seems to always have a little nick, a little knack, something going on with him. Had a class with him in college. Just, just a good guy. But as I said, he's not really reliable, not really consistent in terms of being injured.
2: Uh. So yeah. So uh, we're you know we're we're kind of in that part of training camp now, Andrew, where most teams are wrapping up their first week. I don't. You know, a lot of them are practicing today and and tomorrow, and then next week is game week. Obviously, for a lot of teams, and there's games. What like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday next week. Um. So a lot of the local guys that we kind of follow have their first opportunity to kind of get themselves out there and get good names. Any of our local guys stick out to you in the Dallas-Arizona game on Thursday night?
3: I noticed them, but no, they did not impress me that, that much. Brian Brown had a couple of catches. He was targeted, I believe, seven times, which is good. He was getting looks. He was getting playing time, having the reps. But three catches for 20 yards, a lot of underneath routes for Brown, as you would expect, but unable to really do anything sensational after the catch. It's okay. Ease him into it a little bit. Then you have Woody Barron who did get both of his hands on a quarterback but wasn't able to get the sack. He had two tackles in that game. And Jonathan McLaughlin saw significant playing time. I think he played at least a quarter for the Cardinals, former Hokie there. So in short, the answer to your question is no. Nobody stood out that much. But at least they were getting reps and at least they were out there Putting themselves in a position to maybe next game do something.
2: I present putting them in a position for practice squad. Right. I mean, we we you know practice squad is just as important.
3: It is, it really is. Um, especially for guys like that we've just talked about. I mean, these are local area products who are expected to be you know first or second round picks
2: right exactly i don't i don't think any of them are going to make their roster you know woody and and, and mclaughlin and, and and brian brown but you never know and it, and that's the one positive one positive about these five games yeah is that they get the extra reps for the guys who who have a chance to, to try and decide if they want to make the roster
3: that is a bright spot and it certainly is a good thing especially because you have a lot of different players playing in that first game i mean it was pretty much 2s, 3s and 4s throughout the entirety of that game. So, I was intrigued to just have football back on, but it's not like I was really locked in watching it because the star talent really necessarily wasn't there.
2: Here's the thing I don't understand in terms of the NFL. So, you're going to put a lot of effort into the Hall of Fame game. It's the Hall of Fame game that everybody goes to Canton. It's a big weekend for the sport and the and the and the league itself. Right. But yet None of the starters played. In
3: essence, it's basically a glorified college
2: scrimmage. scrimmage. So, I mean, the NFL probably doesn't care because people are going to go out there. I mean, there's probably probably, – I didn't watch it. I'm sure the crowd was good because there's probably plenty of Cowboys fans, and I'm sure some Arizona fans probably traveled. But, like, what does it say about your quote-unquote biggest preseason game that none of the starters played for either side?
3: It's – you can take it one way, Matt. You can take it, okay, we're ramping up to football here. We're – Doing a crescendo situation where this game is not that exciting. At least we've got football back on the television, and you know, in a couple of weeks, it'll become meaningful. Or you can take it as I don't understand why you can't give us a quarter of the starters or something in that
2: game. Well, and don't give them five games. Give them four games. Let them have a week off in in uh, in the training camp.
3: Yeah, that's that's very true. I.
2: You know, I, I can't I, I can't have five games for these teams. This just way too important. The amount of money that's getting paid for these players to play in preseason games. I mean, I don't understand. What was it when Charlie was here? Charlie Cassie was in suit. What do he say? They had eight or nine right. preseason games? But see, that
3: was different. That was when they probably did play some of the starters for at least the majority of the games.
2: Right. I just, it's, it's crazy to think nowadays when we're, we're at four or five and we don't want to get them down to two or three and they were playing eight or nine.
3: But here's the thing about two or three. Then what's the point in a 90-man roster? Why don't you just go to 75 men at that point? Because there's re- So there's really, you know, both it's sides. That's the money. It's yeah, the, but yeah.
2: here's the thing. The owners are fighting for money, but not. I can't imagine any of them are making money on the preseason. Well, that was a
3: primetime game on TV. I mean, it wasn't like – I'm sure the ratings weren't that great. I did not look at them. But I think that it's still a primetime game on NBC. But you're like
2: Packers-Chargers week two of the preseason in San Diego – or no, I'm sorry, in Los Angeles – Probably not going to get a big crowd. No, and I can't imagine whoever the owner is of the Chargers is going to be like, "Oh, we made so much money off this preseason game." That's why I don't understand. Like, let's keep this season at seventeen weeks, sixteen uh, games, but like let's reduce the preseason and either make training camp start later or have training camp start earlier, but just spread out the ske- the practice schedule. Like, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. To have four or five games when the teams – I mean, the fourth week, the fourth game already doesn't matter because no one plays anybody.
3: Well, what you could do also as well is if going back to your two preseason game suggestions, you could make it mandatory that you have one inner squad practice where you bring in another team to training camp. And Which I've always said we on. should.
2: I've always said – NFL should do a, a cuz I think you'll still get a good craft. The Redskins said, oh, yeah. "We're bringing the Browns in or whoever." Any yeah. NFL team and they play it over at City Stadium, they play it at uh, Robin Stadium, they would get 15-20,000 for even a scrimmage like atmosphere.
3: I do agree, and I think that would be a great solution that way in that game, you know, you do one possession with your starters in there and then after that you just let, you know, the next man up come in and get a little bit of NFL taste.
2: And that, I think that's the perfect way to do it. You have one sort of uh, scrimmage-type game, and that way – I mean, look, people could still get injured. I mean, people could get injured walking. People, I mean, you know, Tannehill went down on a non-contact yeah. injury. There's nothing you do about it, but at least teams are getting reps against somebody other than themselves.
3: And I think that that's key, and you're right. There is sort of a field of training camp that needs it at a certain point, especially for like a team like the Redskins. It's interesting to me because I feel like this training camp, while it's valuable, I'm not dismissing any sort of idea of the value here. It's not as important as it was for year one, maybe with Jay Gruden, or even last year when you were really transitioning into Kirk Cousins as the band is
9: warming up behind our 10th.
2: Henny, what do you think of the preseason? You think it needs to go get reduced?
9: I always, I always thought that preseason need to be reduced. Just off the strength that nobody really is in the preseason. Like I actually watched the the Cowboys Arizona game, and I actually watched all four quarters just because it was it was real football. It wasn't the Canadian Football League. It wasn't Arena Football League. It was the Star. It was the NFL. So no, nah, they need to just go ahead and drop that thing to be about like two games. Or if you really want to keep all of those preseason games in general. Increase the season a little bit, but at least either make the preseason games meaningful by turning them into regular season games or just reduce them to two, and then they'd be all right.
2: I don't, here's the one thing. I don't know about 18-game season. I mean, I I feel like we're, we're, we're doing it right right now. I don't feel like we need – what is it? So if it's four and seven – I don't think we need 21-week seasons. I mean – I don't. I, I. I. I don't know. It's. It's a. They need to do something. That's the bottom line. Is the preseason needs to get reduced.
3: Yeah, it needs to have at least restructured or reduced. Chatting with a fan here. It's. It's. It's getting a little bumping
9: out it, here.
2: I it think. is. I mean, it's getting a little crowded. Um. We'll hey, tell I just want to say, I
9: hear y'all too. Like over hearing y'all talk, like I hear all the music that's out there banging right now. Like I really wish I was with y'all right now because y'all sound like y'all out there grooving.
2: We need a we need a Radio One DJ here to, to be to to do this music here, honey. Maybe you should come out here and do it.
9: Hey, I ain't a DJ, I'm a host, but no, one of our Radio One friends uh should be out there. You know, shout out either DJ Flavor or um, doggone Dog uh, on Lonnie B. Somebody should be out there with us already. So we are gonna keep y'all entertained out there.
2: Excellent. Uh 950 is the phone number, six three eight nine five zero is the text line. Tweet us at mid at A Wall E S P N if you wanna get involved in the show as, uh, you know, look, we are here at uh, Fan Appreciation Day. Larry Michael looks like he's about to come to the mic to uh, kind of welcome everybody in. It's funny, Andrew, the sheet says that camp opens at 1230. I guess they meant 1130 because they've been letting people in for a while. Um, And there is starting to be a crowd here, and there's going to be a crowd here. So I wouldn't worry if you're not here yet, and I wouldn't worry if you're not planning on coming today because you can come another day. And still have pretty much the same experience. Maybe you won't see the cheerleaders. Maybe you won't see the band. But other than that, you're still going to get the same experience. A lot of
3: added pomp and circumstance today. That's about all you'll get. You'll get a little more window dress and a little little extra flavor.
2: What is? Oh, it's a Kurt Warner jersey. Okay. Uh, we see a Kurt Warner jersey walking by. Um, I see some Jason Campbell jerseys. I'm so stoked about Jason Campbell jerseys. Um, I Jason Campbell's one of the few Redskins I really liked. Just because, I mean, he was just, you know, he was a cool cat. He was a good quarterback. His career kind of fizzled out after he left. But I, I, he was one of the few Redskins I don't mind.
3: Too much Auburn in him for me.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. It all comes back to Auburn and Alabama for you. That was
3: a good team, though, he had down there. I think he had Cadillac Williams. And, uh, and Brown, and too, Brown. right? Yeah. They
2: had that one-two punch at running back. Um, of course, neither of them really turned into anything in the pros. But, yep. Um, yeah. Um,
3: he, he helped him. He. I think that was one of the years he was there. They went undefeated, and they got kind of screwed out by USC in the bowl because USC took the national championship game.
2: Right, exactly. Six two two zero nine fifty is the phone number. Six three eight nine five zero eight is the text line. It's it's very easy to uh, to. Uh, it's very hard, Andrew, to kind of balance the whole people coming up to us and looking like we're on the air. It's almost like they think we're talking into like just unplugged wires or something like that. Yeah, we're
3: not out here just talking to ourselves with headphones on. Exactly.
2: Uh, Let's wrap up hour number one here. Uh, Coming up in hour number two, we will play Andrew's interview with Smoke Mizell, the running back out of UVA. Check in with him, see how he's doing in Baltimore. We will do our top five most irreplaceable Redskins. Who are the five players that we think the Redskins can ill afford to have get injured this coming season? And then we'll also do our position battle today, which is always on Fan Appreciation Day. Stock up and stock down. Whose headlines are positive, whose lack of headlines are negatives. So a lot to get to. We're on till 1, uh, and then Greg is on 1 until 3.30 or until practice is over. So uh, stay tuned to uh, ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM for all your Redskins coverage.
1: You are listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins Training Camp
0: on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
1: Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years' experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away.
6: Call 800-330-1872. Again, that's 800-330-1872. 800-330-1872. 800-330-1872.
4: Only you can prevent Asian tiger mosquitoes from spreading the Zika virus. These mosquitoes breed only in containers of water, not puddles or swamps. To help, just tip, toss, and cover. Tip standing water from containers like garbage cans and flower pots. Toss unused containers like old tires and pans, anything that can hold water. Empty and scrub pet water bowls and bird baths. If you're outside, cover up with long sleeves, long pants, socks, and use an EPA-registered repellent. Tip, toss, and cover. Learn more at ZikaVA.org.
6: This
1: is The Right Time with Bomani Jones on ESPN Radio. Bomani. If you put your name and your professional reputation on the idea that this all came down to football, what do you have to say now?
2: It's fair to wonder if your problem is you just think it's okay for Kaepernick not to be in there for this protest and you ain't got the courage within you to say it.
1: The Right Time with Bomani Jones weekdays at 6 on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
5: When training camp comes back to the Commonwealth each summer, you may never know which player you may run into at City Dogs restaurants. Even quarterback Kirk Cousins told the Times-Dispatch his favorite thing to do in Richmond is going down to City Dogs for hot dogs, burgers, fries, and a shake. Two locations at 1316 West Main Street in The Fan, 1309 East Kerry Street in Historic Shaco Slip, and online at CityDogsRVA.com. Don't leave town without going to City Dogs.
1: ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM are your exclusive source for Washington Redskins training camp. Tight
8: end Niles Paul is joining us. I'm not really too concerned with personal goals, especially when uh, everything I do is for the team. Doc Walker, Minuski, he's a lunatic. I love <laughs> it, man. Will Blackman. I thought we had a productive OTAs
1: in minicamp. I feel like guys were excited to get back and, and just build off what we did. We're the soundtrack for Redskins training camp. ESPN 950 and 102.7
6: FM. Translation fee may apply, subject to eligibility. Not available in Alaska, Missouri, and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantek Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. You look stressed.
4: My car broke down. I just got a quote for the repair. I don't have that kind of money.
6: You don't have a vehicle service contract from Toco? What's that? Well, you know how drivers have auto insurance to protect against accidents? Well, this is a monthly service contract that protects against costly repairs. If it's covered in your policy, they pay. When my transmission and air conditioner broke, the TOCO plan paid the whole thing. They dealt with the licensed mechanic, took care of the bill, They even paid for my car rental. And all TOCO plans are backed by an AmTrust financial insurance carrier.
4: It must be expensive.
6: Not at all. There wasn't even a down payment. And I've already saved hundreds of dollars on repairs. Not to mention the stress.
1: Protect yourself from the expense and stress of unexpected repairs. Call today for your free quote. 800-276-6124. That's 800-276-6124. 800-276-6124.
2: Need car work? Go to BonAirShell.com to learn about all the things that BonaireShell
0: can do for your car and your peace of mind. They have a full line of automotive services including gas, oil changes, transmission work, belts and.